Uh, okay. Who, and this goes both ways, we'll go both Ooh, like no. both ways. genders here. Who would you fuck from Saved by the Bell? Zach Morris. Okay. That was way too fast. <laughs> Sorry. She's thought about it. I, I'm uh, Principal Belding, yes. Advance after combat. Welcome to Advance After Combat. Uh, this is just Jason today, flying solo, uh, waiting for the other guys to get online before we record a real episode, uh, but thought, since I have 30 minutes to kill or so, that I'd just jump on the feed, put something together, uh, not sure when or if this will come out, uh, hanging out with my buddy Newcastle Brown Ale here, um, and thought maybe I would take this opportunity to talk about Forgotten Heroes Vietnam. Uh, lock and load Forgotten Heroes Vietnam. So this is a game I've been playing a little bit lately, uh, tinkering around. And since um, we can't seem to talk about lock and load games without kind of going off on tangents and getting hung up on details, um, with just me here... <laughs> There's Dave. There's somebody uh, going through and, and talking about this game real quick. Kind of in lieu of a video, uh, or in addition to a video that I do at a later date. So it's obviously a game about Vietnam. Uh, the lock and load system has tackled a couple different um, conflicts. They have World War, <clears throat> World War II, uh, they have Somalia... Um, it seems like there's some other ones, but Forgotten Heroes Vietnam is obviously about Vietnam. So it's a tactical, tactical squad level game. Uh, definitely a war game through and through. It's, I guess the system gets compared to ASL. I don't have any experience with that, but for squad level combat, I, there's only so many options. So I think that's where that comparison comes from. Uh, when you look at the rules, you have about 30 pages of rules, uh, 34 pages, and they're not, they're not great, but they're not bad, um, and they're organized in a way where you can read what you want to and then set it down, um, like you can read through ground combat without worrying about vehicles, without worrying about, uh, helicopters if you were so inclined and just kind of get into those scenarios early on that, that just focus on those. And that is that is kind of how I learned it. I, I read Ground Combat, played some scenarios, and then finished up the rules, um, or read the rules that I needed to play the scenario that I wanted to play. The... I don't know the scale. The... Um, the components are all really good. I have the second edition, which I guess has upgraded map art. Uh, I'm not really sure what the first one looks like, but they're all very serviceable components. Uh, the maps are good, uh, pretty much what you'd expect with ta tactical level combat. It has the dot in the middle that you use for line of sight. There's multi-man, single-man counters, uh, support weapons, leaders. Uh, vehicles, 
of all sorts, and then a bunch of markers. Uh, I'm looking for the scale, but uh, each hex is 50 meters, and a squad is 8 to 10, 8 to 12 men. So I guess, again, about what you'd expect. So the turn breakdown goes, uh, there's an initiative phase where each player uh, rolls the die. I should say it's scenario-based, so there are separate scenario cards included that uh, you use for setup, and they have events on them that you place markers out, and when either somebody occupies that hex or there's line of sight to that hex, they that event happens, which seems like it would limit replayability severely. Um, because once you n know the event, a lot of times it's bringing on new troops for, for one side or the other. Um, so, so if you know that that's what's going to happen, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to try to avoid that event. But there are quite a few scenarios. Uh, so maybe by the time you got back to it, you wouldn't remember. I don't know. I could I could see that definitely, kind of putting a crimp on how. On, on long-term enjoyment, but I'll get enough plays out of it for myself to, to not have to worry about that. So the scenario will usually say who gets initiative the first turn. Every turn thereafter, uh, each player will roll a die, and the highest die roll gets the initiative. Whoever had initiative the turn before breaks ties. Uh, and then it's basically an I go, you go. Uh, you get to activate one hex, and you can activate all the units in that hex or some of the units in that hex, and they can move and shoot. Um, you know, typical typical stuff. The interesting thing, and again, I don't, I haven't played ASL, so I don't know any comparison to it. But you have to spot targets before you shoot at them. But if you move, you're automatically spotted. They see you run uh, and 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 see where you stop so you're spotted and you can be fired on there's uh, so combat is basically as if you you can you can try to spot someone if it's successful then you can shoot at them if they're already spotted you can shoot at them you roll uh, each player rolls a die the attacker adds the die roll to their firepower the defender adds the die roll to their Def, uh, defensive terrain modifier, and if the attacker's roll is greater than the defender's roll, it's a hit. And you take that number. Uh, so say it's a it's a net two for the attacker. They then add two to a die roll for each unit in the hex, and uh, compare that to the morale. And you know, typical again, uh, a good order unit if they're hit. Uh, not too severely, they're shaken. Uh, they can take casualties immediately, but usually they're shaken. They flip over, and they're they're less effective. Um, the if if it's not higher than the morale, nothing happens. Uh, you can also melee attack, which is just firepower against firepower. You roll, uh, but if you get if you engage in in melee or are engaged in melee, you're stuck in that melee uh, until there's a decisive winner uh, one side or the other or the other side or one side retreats I guess um, so like I said it's an it's 
almost like an impulse game. Um, it's I go, you go. So when you activate that hex, everyone in it can do the same thing, or you can use some of those units to do something together, or one of the units. But everyone has to do the same thing. So you can move, if you have three units in the hex, um, two of them can move out, leaving one behind. Um, but you can't move some and shoot with some. They all have to do the same thing. After your turn is up, it's on to the other player. Pretty, pretty standard, pretty straightforward stuff. Of course, there's line of sight, um, that whole thing. Movement, um, you can, you can move regularly per the terrain modifiers, uh, and the movement on the counters. You can low crawl, which is just moving one hex, uh, but you stay hidden. And you can also double time if you're with a leader, which, of course, you're running <laughs> and moving faster. And that's pretty much the crux of the game. Um, you know, there's other stuff. There's helicopters, there's vehicles, there's snipers. Um, I'm not super stoked about the way snipers worked. Uh, and it's pretty similar to the way that snipers work in the World at War games. Uh, they post up somewhere and get stuck there. And it seems like they don't have great combat um, or uh, firepower, I guess, is what the game calls it. But they're hard to hit, and um, I don't know. They get they get their pot shots off. So that's the game in general. Um, what do I think about it? Honestly, I'm not quite sure, which maybe makes this a waste of time. But it's going to be a fairly short. And uh, maybe somebody cares. So as as a system, and I should, well, let me say this first. I've only played as Solitaire, and maybe I should have said that up front. I, I'm not sure it's great Solitaire. Um, it's, it's fun, but what tends to happen is I get, I get locked up. Um, I get, I, I see both sides too clearly. And kind of get to an impasse where, like, well, okay, this is what's going to happen from here. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. With strategic or operational games, you can kind of get around that. You can play both sides to the best of your ability. And it's pretty straightforward from the get-go what's going to happen. With this, it seems like there should be some maneuvering. Um, there's not really f any advantage to flanking, but it seems like there should be some sort of maneuvering going on. And I find that in this game, when I'm playing by myself, I get I get stuck, and I I, I can see all the routes, um, and I'm paying attention to all the routes, which maybe I need to stop doing. Uh, Tyler uh, Whiskey Bear on the on the guild said he really enjoys playing the uh, I guess Day of Heroes one solitaire, and I could see it being very engaging. I just get to a point where I lock up. That's not saying that's going to happen to everyone. However, playing it solitary and getting to those points makes me really, really want to play with someone, uh, especially in person. I could see doing it on Vassal, and I can see this game playing very well on Vassal. I haven't seen the module, but but I imagine with these mechanisms that it would go pretty quickly. Um, but in person, I could see, you know, kind of chewing on the decisions, but not in a way to slow the game down, just to make that extra little engagement 
caring about the guys, uh, you know, caring about your lieutenants and your leaders, not wanting to put them in harm's way, but knowing you have to get to that objective X. I think that's a more engaging two-player scenario rather than the puzzle aspect or the the strategic aspect of, of some of the bigger games. But it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, and for Tactical Vietnam, it's probably... Uh, I'm looking at my collection. It's probably at the top of the list. Um, honestly, I don't know of too many more. I, well, I guess Vietnam's operational level, probably. It's strategic in scope, but operational in gameplay, I would say. Um, I'm sure there are other ones. There's the ATS Vietnam game, um, and there's some smaller... There's probably some smaller uh, tactical stuff, but this offers enough interesting little scenarios that you can play pretty quickly. Um, I, I see a scenario at lasting, for some of the intro ones, probably 45 minutes, uh, so that some of the bigger ones, probably two hours or so, uh, once everyone knows the rules. And and honestly, once you know them, there's there's some player aids that are like you know two and three pages that you can read that get up and playing right away uh, and, and then you just consult the rules or the scenario rules for for the details so it's definitely one i'm going to keep uh, one i'm going to keep playing for sure uh, maybe i'll try to hook up with kev sharp next time i'm in austin and get a game in with him and come back uh, maybe talk about it more on the podcast fill it out a little bit uh, and keep playing this thing So I guess that's going to be it for now. I'm going to sign off and talk to Dave here and record our next episode. Talk to you guys later. Visit us at http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash build slash one six six zero or contact us at advancedheftercombat at gmail.com. And this is a completely different set. Well, not. Please. It's it's a tangent. I like tangents. If you will. I see nothing wrong with prostitution. If a woman or a man mm. wants to sell what they have, why not? Mm. Who is it hurting? <laughs>